Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month? What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms? What to do when she has left the home with or without the children? What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it? Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men, and where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, Divorce, combat coaching is the flavor of the day. Why? While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 80th 80th episode, the Holy Lover series, How to Save My Marriage When My Wife Has Just Given Up. Oh, ho, ho. 33 gifts that will satisfy her forever. And today we cover gift number three, plus live phone calls from your answering your marriage, from me answering your marriage questions in crisis, and to get you to get on that phone right now and call 313-RADICAL, that's 723 Four seven. See, was it three one three seven two three four two two five? Or call in using your web browser at callinstudio.com slash radical one. Don't wait. Get in that queue now for some resolution to your marriage confusion.
So the quote of the day, the quote of the day stems from we're going to start uh, Well, we're only going to do. I'm doing this four part uh, quote series um, from St. Faustina, St. Maria Faustina Kowalski. Um, she is a mystic in the Catholic Church and a saint. So last Friday we covered uh, she she was um, given four visions um, of of the supernatural world uh, by an angel. Um, so basically, we all also got to remember how the church looks at sainthood. Basically, you just don't become a saint. We just don't say, hey, you're a saint. Let's do this. It's that's not how it works. So basically what happens is God, uh, the, the church investigates when someone wants to become saint or not wants to become a saint because most saints are dead, but they wait till after they're dead and then somebody nominates them and then the church does investigations and basically they find their writings and they investigate their writings to make sure that their writings and everything is in coherence with the Catholic faith, with Christ. Then they investigate miracles and see if there are any miracles done in their name or because of them. Um, and so it's a very extensive, extensive thing. And so that, that, that helps us to understand that when we talk about, when the Catholic Church talks about saints, it is not something that we take lightly. It's something that's investigated, that has a system to it, and it's been done over thousands of years. Okay? So uh, last Friday, the first of, uh, of St. Faustina's um, visions was, I read it, the quote, it was a vision of her vision of before heaven and before hell, which um, so basically she talks about um, in her first uh, quote, her first uh, vision, she talks about what it looked like as she was shown how the people walk um, up, walking, walking towards to, uh, to be judged, I guess. And then one row was full and everybody was happy and then what happened was they fell into an abyss, into this deep hole, um, and basically they were sent to hell. And then the other the other path was a path of suffering and sacrifice. The people fell down. Um, they were and they were miserable, and they would jump right up. And then as they got they got to the end of the path, there was basically this big garden of love and mercy and and God. Okay, so the second vision, which we're going to which we're going to cover today is her vision of hell. So St. Faustina, her tour of hell, quote. Today, I was led by an angel to the chasms of hell. It is a place of great torture. How awesomely large and extensive it is. The kinds of tortures I saw, the first torture that constitutes hell is the loss of God. The second is perpetual remorse of conscience. The third is that one's condition will never change. The fourth is the fire that will penetrate the soul without destroying it. A terrible suffering since it is a purely spiritual fire lit by God's anger. The fifth torture is conditional darkness and a terrible suffocating smell. And despite the darkness, the devils and the souls of the damned see each other and all the evil, both of others and of their own. The sixth torture is the constant company of Satan. The seventh torture is horrible despair, hatred of God, vile words, curses and blasphemes. 
These are the tortures suffered by all the damned together, but that is not the end of their sufferings. There are special tortures destined for particular souls. There are the torments of the senses. Each soul undergoes terrible and indescribable sufferings related to the manner in which it has sinned. There are caverns and pits of torture where one form of agony differs from another. I would have died at the very sight of these tortures if the omnipotence of God had not supported me. Let the sinner know that he will be tortured throughout all eternity in those senses which he made use of to sin. I am writing this at the command of God so that no soul might find an excuse by saying there is no hell or that anybody has ever been there and so no one can say what it is like. I, Sister Faustina, by the order of God, have visited the abyss of hell so that I might tell souls about it and testify to its existence. I cannot speak about it now, but I have received a command from God to leave it in writing. The devils were full of hatred for me, but they had to obey me at the command of God. What I have written is put a but a pale shadow of the things I saw. But I noticed one thing, that most of the souls there are those who disbelieved that there is a hell. When I came to, I could hardly recover from the fright. How terribly souls suffer there. Consequently, I pray even more fervently for the conversion of sinners. I incessantly plead God's mercy upon them. Oh, my Jesus, I would rather be in agony until the end of the world amidst the greatest sufferings than offend you by the least sin. End quote. Diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalski, entry number 71. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, all right, all right, fellas. So now I know what y'all said. I know what y'all said. Jerry, it's Monday. I had a great weekend. I did a little partying, did some family functions with the kids and the wife. You know, went to mass in church. I'm getting prepared for Holy Week in January. You bring up a bus killer. You bring up a bus killer. Jerry, you messing with my caffeine high. You messing with my caffeine high, Jerry, talking about hell and all that stuff. What you going to do that for? <laughs> Look, man, the problem with our society is nobody talks about hell. Nobody. There are plenty and plenty of things in the Catholic Church that teach on the teaching of hell. It's a dogma. There is heaven. There is hell. There is purgatory. And we must understand as men that what this why this, this you have to know about hell, heaven, and purgatory so that you know that you're suffering means something. 
It means something, gentlemen. Your suffering, that is the good news. That is the good news. That your suffering, all this suffering on this earth means something. When I ask you to enter the spiritual battle for your wife and for your marriage, my brother, it means something. Your suffering is not for nil. It means something. And you can actually every day look up to God and say, God, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to suffer and sacrifice for my wife and my children and you and God, right? The man, the, the church, the Catholic church, man, and the, 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 you know, and we, what, what happens is you've got to understand why Christ is on that crucifix. If you don't understand why Christ is on the crucifix, your life will be, you're, you won't understand your life. You won't. As a man, you won't understand what am I supposed to be doing? And that is my job to help you. Sure, we laugh and joke around and I have a good time. You have a good time laughing stuff. But man, when it's a time to get serious and it's a time to play. And I don't want I don't want you to I don't want to be like a lot of podcasts and Catholic podcasts too. All of them. They talk about fluff all day long. You can get that anywhere. You can get that about marriage anywhere. You can go, matter of fact, you can go leave right now and find thousands and thousands of podcasts, video podcasts, audio podcasts on marriage. And they'll sit there and tell you what you want to hear all day long about how it's your wife's fault. It's your kid's fault. It's God's fault. You know, it's everybody's fault but yours. You can get you can find people who will tell you that. But man, I'm as a man, I understand that is not the way to glory. It's not the way to greatness, man. It's not. We must know our failings and understand what we're supposed to be doing so that we can become great in the eyes of God, our children, and our wife. That's where it works. And so I read that. I, mean, I got two more. Uh, the one tomorrow is going to be on purgatory, and the one after that's going to be on heaven. She's a mystic. She's a saint. There have been miracles, I'm sure, miracles done in her name, you know, She's, you know, that that people have gotten for for you know for 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 being devoted to her, um, and so I'm sure the the Catholic Church, when somebody when the Catholic Church says somebody's a mystic, dude, they not playing. There's there's evidence of it, you know, not somebody just moving their mouth saying, oh yeah, she God told her this, and somebody said this, and she said no, it's actual documented proof. That's what she said. I was directed by God to write this down. The angel, there was an angel that guided me. Remember, remember, you you are called to believe these if you are a Christian. Why? Because Christ mentions these things. This is why you must be formed as a husband and as a woman, as a mother and a wife. You've got to, your mind has to be formed in the faith so that when you hear stuff, you ain't sitting there going, man, that's bullcrap, man. Don't nobody, that ain't real. Everybody that, that's falling in the face, at least a little bit, when I read that, they go, you know what, man, that sounds right. There's a video by Father uh, by, by Father uh, Ripperger. Everybody should hear it. It's on um, it's on hell. If you go to uh, YouTube and go to Census Fidelium, um, Census Fidelium, and you put in Father Ripperger on hell, he has a talk on the four last things. He has a talk on hell that I have every one of my dudes in the program listen to. Um, the reason why is you got to understand what your suffering's for. You're suffering. To, you're, 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 you're trying. You're suffering so that you can keep you yourself, your, your wife and your children out of hell and that you guys can be with God together in the beatific vision. That's what this is about. Okay. So that being said, we're going to move on.
I'm trying to write down this. Um, this is for Delium, so y'all, so I can put it in the show notes for you. Um, Father Ripper Girl on Hell. So you guys can go uh, after the show, or you know, you can go and listen to that whenever you got time. You will not be disappointed. Okay, remember it's YouTube. Sisters for Delium, Father Ripper, R I P P G E R um, on Hell. All right, so sweet, 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 sweet. So let's get down to the day. So what we're talking about today? Okay, Catholic Alpha's radical rant. So that's my little thing I do where I get into this thing where I do my little rant um, um, mostly every day. Um, and so I want because the reason I do it is because there are things that 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 require passion. There are things that require directness. There are things that require the truth. And that's what the radical rant is about. So in our last series of we we covered, remember, I did 33 of them. The clues, my wife wants a divorce. If any of you have been listening to me for any time, for even the last month or so, you know, even the, I think it's two, almost about a month and a half now. Boy, we were going on almost a month and a half, y'all. <laughs> Live. Um, what it is, is I covered a series on clues that your wife may want a divorce, and it was 33 of them. And the reason I did that series is because I wanted I wanted everybody, men especially, that to understand the clues that their wife gives off when they they're about to you know in their marriage or walk out or take the kids and leave or move to move to Hawaii or something like that you know so I taught you how to open your eyes and how to listen and and, and stop thinking about yourself and and understand that this ain't about you and then so those clues will help you so now. I just don't, you know, what I'm going to do now in this series, the Holy Lover series, is I'm going to, you know, show you, you know, ways to, to save your marriage and and how to how to fix things, you know, a little bit, you know, um, so that you can get some hope. And then, but most of all, that you realize you need help. You know, if I can show you the bad and then show you the good of how to do it, then maybe you might realize like, man, maybe I do need, need somebody to help me, you know? Um, and like I always say, you know, once you got two or three marriage problems, you could probably fix those. But once you get over past that, man, you need, you need help. You need marriage coach help. You just do uh, there. I mean, I'm not lying to you. It's the truth. You know, it took me years and years and years to figure out this stuff. It's not something that a regular anybody really can do without guidance. You just can't. I'm just being honest with you, you know. Um, so that being said, I gave you. So now, you know, now. Um, but I know. But one thing I know about men, I know about us because I'm a man, too, is we just refuse to listen when it comes to marriage and relationships. A lot of times we just refuse to listen when it because we look at marriage and relationships like it's like it's not really it's it's important only when it's a problem. See, that's not how you survive in marriage, man. You can't survive in marriage like that because you found yourself putting problems off every day for weeks, for months, for years, and then when the the when you when the you know what hits the fan, all of a sudden then we try to act like oh I didn't know that was happening. You know what's happening. You just you just decide to 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 not to let the clues go, not look. You know, um, and so you the way you have to look at marriage is marriage maintenance. 
You have to constantly, as a man, always looking at your kids and your wife and your marriage and your relationship with God. Constantly, constantly, constantly. It's a maintenance thing. Just like when I was in the Air Force, you know, we wouldn't just put a plane in the air every day. You just can't put a plane in the air every day and say, well, I hope it's just going to fly right. No, <laughs> no. You know how many plane crashes it would be? What we do, what we did was we did, we had a maintenance plan. And every month, every was every month, every three months, every six months, every year, there are different levels of maintenance. Okay, but we went to why? To keep, and then there was daily, like right before the plane takes off, the crew chief goes over the plane to make sure there's no obvious problems. Then the pilots come on board and they test all the systems. You know, dude, you cannot. That, and that's why there are no holy, no plane crashes in the military or in commercial because of, and think about it, even when there are diligent maintenance actions, planes still get problems in the air. And so just think if they didn't do, if, if they didn't do maintenance, just think how bad it would be. That's why husbands get in marriage crisis right there. Because they don't do maintenance and then they look up and the problems are so bad, they don't even know where to start. But if you take care of them a little each day as they arise, give them priority, then guess what? Man, you will see, man, things will start to smooth out with your wife and your marriage and relationship with God and your children, all that kind of stuff. So, and another thing, when we do listen as men, we've avoided the problem so long that we find ourselves in what the church calls marriage crisis. Meaning divorce, separation, you're not having sex, arguing constantly, stuff like that. But in the Holy Lover series, I give husbands solutions in case they didn't heed my warnings in the Clues My Wife Wants a Divorce series. Or a husband has just come onto this podcast and has just started listening and needs help getting out of marriage crisis. I also make a bold claim that these 33 gifts will satisfy and fulfill your beloved wife forever if embraced. That's right. That's right. I make a bold claim that if you follow what I'm asking you to do um, and, and, and you know, you try to, you know, hang in there, you'll see that the stuff that I have you do, it will satisfy and fulfill your wife as a woman forever. That's why you need maintenance. That's why you need marriage maintenance, okay? Yes, right. That's a bold claim. It is. But it's true. You know, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I ain't going to lie to you. There's no need for me to lie, okay? Next, um, I must also be completely transparent and honest, though. A husband cannot do this on his own and expect to completely fulfill his wife on his own. He needs help and marriage coaching help to be exact. Why? Because he needs help, guidance, and the act of building many habits to achieve this greatness. It's hard to build habits. It's hard to change. It's hard to be even aware that I need to change. It's hard to even be aware that I need to develop a habit. It's hard to even be aware of that my wife is unhappy or she's hiding stuff from me and all this kind of stuff. You know, this is why I say that when you get to a certain point in your marriage and you got two, three, four things, you know, I'm sorry, you got four, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 problems in your life and in your marriage uh, and with your kids and, and with your finances and all that kind of stuff, man, you can't, <laughs> you can't get out of it by yourself. You can't, you can't. Coaches, even coaches have coaches. You know why? 
because they need them. Just like, and, and the thing about it, you got to realize about coaching, coaching is not therapy. It's another thing people don't realize. Marriage coaching, relationship coaching is not therapy. Okay? That's different. So the difference is counseling and and therapy, that stuff is meant to mainly focus on your 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 psyche, your uh your psyche to get you to be able to deal with stuff and handle stuff. That could take a long, long time. A long, long time. That's why people get mad because man, I've been I've been I've been with you for 10, 20 years, man, and I ain't I ain't getting better. <laughs> so with a couple in marriage crisis, very few people even under even understand how to counsel people in 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 marriage crisis and marriage counseling properly. Um, and, 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 and the reason why is because the couple comes there and start fighting stuff. And people these days, even the best psychiatrists, it's hard for them, psychologists, I mean, it's hard to them and counselors, it's hard for them, man, to deal with that kind of stuff, man. They think they can, but they get in there and start listening to it. They can't deal with it. So that's, that's, that's counseling. That's therapy, right? So coaching, marriage and relationship coaching is we ain't got time for all that. We don't have time for your psyche and trying to get and prepare your repair your your mind and all that stuff. Look, you come in, you got listen, you're gonna take responsibility for what you did, no matter who caused you to do it or whatever. You're gonna man up, you're gonna woman up, and you're gonna take responsibility for your part. Boom. Once you do that, we give you action steps. Action steps every week. We don't be waiting a month or two to give you homework and stuff. You get stuff to do the very first day. So that you can start drawing your unhappy spouse, mainly in this situation we're talking about husbands, men, to draw your wife back to you. So that you can see some kind of improvement. You're not just talking and emoting about, oh, my wife did this and my wife this, I love her so much. Oh, I care, I care, I care about so much. That ain't going to get you nowhere. That's that's counseling. We ain't got time for that. We, I don't think we got time for Sure, we'll help you a little bit. We'll help you a little bit with your a, well, a lot with your mindset. Mindset is not counseling, too. Mindset is different. It's like action steps, coaching to get you going what you're supposed to do. Look at coaching like this. You're a football coach. And when you first get them recruits in, they don't know nothing. So what do you do? You got to teach them. So what do you do? You give them action steps every practice and at home when they leave to practice on so they get better and better as the season goes on. And that's how you get a Super Bowl champion or a Little League champion or a high school champion or a college champion. That's how you do it. That's how you look at relationship. That's why we call it coaching. Because we're not trying to change. We're not trying to like dig, dig deep inside your mind. Because first of all, I'm not qualified for that. And most coaches ain't. Some are. But they they they're not. But that's why they're not a. That's why they're not a therapist because they don't want to do that stuff. You know, they want to see help you get results now, and so that's why you bring God into it. That's why I tell if you are if you are if you are a Catholic or a Christian, you cannot be going to a therapist or a coach who is not a Christian. You can't do that. All you're doing is sabotaging yourself because they don't look at. That's another you know, wall that's going to be between you two. They're only going to bring you science into it. And we all know if you're a Christian, this, this universe is a way than a lot more than about science. Okay. So that's what the Holy lover gifts are about, you know, and because you need guidance and you need, you need, you need guidance and help and habits to achieve greatness. 
that you want in your life. Marriage is the hardest relationship on this earth and to get and to get great and to get great. It is. It's the hardest relationship on earth to get great. Oh, I said got a caller. Okay, hold on, caller. I'm almost done with this little segment right here. Um, so it's real hard to um to uh to get great, but and because when you sacrifice, you're like, oh, this is never gonna be over. But remember, I told you at the beginning, uh about Saint um Saint Saint Faustina and stuff, dude. You got to understand about this stuff is that you mean your your suffering, your meaning, your suffering has meaning. That's the great thing about Christ and about understanding God is you start to realize that what I'm going through means something. I'm not just go, having bad stuff happen just to happen for nothing. So, um, so what we'll do is this series, How to Save Your Marriage When Your Wife Has Given Up, 33 Gifts That Will Satisfy Her Forever, will help. And uh, will help and they work, but as always requires a husband to be a man of action. You got to be a man of action. And plus, man, you're suffering what you suffer, man. If the payoff is 10 times worth the struggle, the 10 times is worth the struggle. Just like if you were using high school, those of you who've got a, 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 a high school championship in whatever sport, dude, you suffered and you sacrificed where it was basketball, football, gymnastics, or whatever you did. And you and you got to the championship game or you got to the finals, man, that was like, man, all that suffering is way, way worth it. It was way, way worth it. That's the way your marriage is, dude. It's like, no way do I want to be, look, I'm 56 years old. I'm going to be 57 next month in May. That means if I, that means that's what? I'm 57. So that's 43 more years of marriage, dude, if I live to 100. And my wife lives to 100. That's 43 more years of marriage. Do I want to go through that being hate her and be bored and be miserable? No. But see, as being, if you love God, you can't divorce him. So what do you do? You got to make it work. You got to figure out how to make it work. So that's what we're doing here. Again, I must ask, are you a holy lover? Which is you becoming a man God created you to be and you becoming the husband your wife needs. If you are not, then my friend, it is time to get to work. No more excuses. It's time for us as husbands to enter the battle to begin warrior mode. Satan has our wife. And to combat that, we must, one, don our armor, two, lift our shield, and three, sheathe our sword as the spiritual battle is now up on us. We are not in the dream world anymore. We are not in the twilight zone. As the spiritual battle is now upon us, I must ask you, what will you do as a man? Return to your man cave or into the battle for Christ, your wife, and your children? There are 33 gifts of a holy lover, 33 gifts to the satisfaction and fulfillment of your beloved. Today, we cover holy lover gift number three, which states, a holy lover rejects contraception a.k.a. birth control in any form. Make no mistake, gentlemen, the battle for your marriage is a spiritual battle. And as the man of the home, the defender from evil, your duty and responsibility is to give your wife away each and every day in defense of your home from the diabolical. If you lack the will for battle, I and this podcast, the Holy Spirit and the Catholic Alpha Marriage Program have been tasked by God to assist you and motivate you in your mission as protector, defender and server. And the only question is, will you cooperate? <laughs> After the break, we will get deeper into this mysterious concept. So what do you think? 
Call me. Call me right now. Get in the queue behind this one caller I've got right now. So get in the queue and give me your comment or send a comment. Or if you got a question, don't send a comment. If you got a question, you got to call because I'm not going to answer your questions if you send a comment. I want people to call. That's what this is about. It's a call-in show. It's not a content show, okay? Although I give content, but that's because I want to help you too. So it's, you know, so that's how we are. So again, if you got any questions though, jump in and get, let's get this rocking. All right, bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, okay. Looks like my live caller can't hear the show. So I'm I know it could be heard because I have people listening and nobody has said it. Um so I'm gonna try and bring them on and um and see if they can come on and they can hear me. Oh, she said, okay, they say they hear me now. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what happened. You know, y'all, y'all know how this laugh thing goes. People, you know, <laughs> this technical stuff. So I'm gonna go ahead. Hmm. I'll go ahead and bring her, bring them on and see. Looks like it's a lady. So I'm gonna go ahead and bring her on and see if we can hear. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, but when you went off the air, I mean, you really went off the air. There's no, there's nothing in between. So I thought the show was, I mean, it was like dead silence. Oh, man. Well, I guess I got some editing to do today. <laughs> well, well, not, not only, not only that, um, as a suggestion, I'm just a, you know, a person who's been crazy about radio since I was 12 years old. If, um, there's nothing playing. Change the station because you're you're listening. You're not listening to air. So when the air came, I was like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna change the station. Listen to a podcast because it died." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what happened. I'm looking, and everything looks to be working like it's supposed to. So the thick things is I can hear you, and somebody will send me a comment if they can't hear me and you. So usually that's what oh, they yeah. that's, that's what they'll usually do is because I got people listening. So what they'll usually do is say, "Hey Jerry, I can't hear the caller, or I can't hear you, or something like that." Oh, 
So that's how I know. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they can hear us. I'm just saying that when you went phone. between the segments. Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could hear the dead air. I mean, I was, I didn't, you know. Okay. It's just, it's just the in-between segments that was um, mute. Huh. That's weird. So anyway, the good thing is we live and we hear. <laughs> so. Yes, I have a question. Okay. I have a question. Uh-oh. I have a question. Um, how can I get my husband to do what I want? I have a very specific example. Uh oh. Oh Lord. Everybody pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody right now say three Hail Marys for Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband, when he goes to sleep at night, he likes it to be dead, silent, and pitch black dark. Fans are running, we got blackout shades, right? Mm-hmm. Me, myself, I like to hear everything that's going on in the house. I like to be waking up by the natural sunlight. You know, I like to know what's going on outdoors when I wake up in the morning. But I wake up to a fan. He gets up before I do. He refuses to turn the fan off because he wants me to sleep. I don't know why he wants me to sleep because he gets mad at me because I sleep too much. So um, so I wake up, and sometimes I will protest and I turn the fan off. I'm like, well, he wants the fan on. He can turn the fan off. But I don't want the fan on. So I turn the fan off. And like, how can I get him to turn the fan off when he gets up? So, We've had a discussion a thousand times. He says, oh, you need the fan. You need to sleep. Ah, no, no, turn it off. I want to hear what's going on in the house. I want to hear what's going on outdoors. I'm an outdoorsy person. And I like the sun. I like the rain. I like the sounds. Mm-hmm. And I wake up. To a black hollow <laughs> every day. Okay. So, so the main, but that's that's just a byproduct. But the main question is, is how do you get your husband to do what you want him to do? Yeah, like turn off the fan. <laughs> okay. So it's just a button. It's right there. I know. I understand that. But what I'm what I'm saying is so. But that that's just one thing. But as for, we could talk about that in a second, but the main question is how do you consistently get your husband to to hear what you're saying and to understand and, and to try to at least try his best to do what you're asking? Is that kind of what you're saying in the nutshell? Yes, but that's yes, but my husband, believe it or not, is perfect. He's almost Jesus. That's the only thing he's got going on. He won't turn off that fan. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So let's go on to the first thing. The first thing is the way to get your husband to do what you need him to do is first, you got to make it serious. So you don't whine and bitch and complain about it because what's going to happen automatically, his defense is going to go up and he's going to think of all the reasons why that he should be having the fan on or whatever that you don't want him to do. He's going to think of all the reasons that he should do it. He, why? Because he's a man and we got ego. And so what you did when you complain and whine about something, what you do is you ignite that uh, that warrior battle mode in a man. Like Even if he's getting up, I mean, he can have his fan on while he's there, but when he's gone. Yeah, but, you, but do you whine and complain about it? You have you watched, I try not to. But you have before, right? I thought I was telling him to turn the fan off. I it's, thought I was asking him to turn the fan off. I didn't realize I was whining. Well or nagging. Kind of that kind of is. 
I'm just trying to help you to understand the, the I'm just trying to help you understand men. Okay, okay. I do so, need help in that area. So what I'm, I'm a, what I would ask you to do, if it's that serious for you, say, sweetheart, can we talk for a second? And then you say you go through the explanation of what you did and you say, can you, all I'm asking, I'm asking this one thing is, will you please, when you wake up, turn off the fan and let some light in the room. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he'll, he'll do what I just said. He'll still go, you know, and, but then if you bring it to him like that, most guys will go, okay, all right, I see it's serious. So I will go ahead and I will do it. Okay. And that's the way okay. you do with everything. Another thing too, when you bitch and whine about stuff, if you go, man, I just wish somebody would just turn off that fan. You know, I'm not saying you do that, but I'm saying most couples, that's how they, that community, they communicate. They don't, uh -huh. not, well, I wish somebody would just start turning off that fan or can you please just open the curtains in the, in the morning? You know, or can you just do what I asked you to do? You know, that kind uh -huh. of that kind of talking and mentality. And what that does is that automatically turns off the wife if the husband's talking to her, and that automatically turns off the husband if the husband is if if, if the wife is talking to the husband because it brings up the what? The defense mechanism. Like, okay, uh -huh. some person's attacking me, so I'm just going to attack them back. I'm going to tell them logically why I was going to do this. But that does not work. That only works with subordinates. That only works with kids and employees <laughs> and and slaves. That don't work. Oh, with, okay. That don't work with spouses. Because uh -huh. the, neither spouse really has authority over each other. They, the husband has, but only in the eyes of Christ, only in the way of Christ. But this is kind of not like that kind of thing. So basically, the the husband and wife, when they're when there's a problem, they're like they're equal, like because they're trying to solve a problem together. They're collaborating. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. this is how I would suggest you do it. Do not ignite your husband's ego and warrior and pride. It's very easy. Don't bitch and don't whine. Don't nag. You, if it's important. I don't. I, I'm not saying you do, but you kind of did, but we ain't going to go there. I just told you you kind of <laughs> did. <laughs> oh. So what you I, weren't, you weren't, you weren't, you, listen, Mr. Catholic Alpha, you weren't there. Oh, exactly. I'm just going by what you're telling me. <laughs> exactly. I was not there. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm trying to so I can get, I'm giving you scenarios on how to help you. I'm telling okay. you okay. if you ignite his defense mechanism, you're going to get bitching and whining back and you're going to get rebellion. Uh -huh. Because nobody likes to be told what to do. And I know you might have asked him before, but maybe you didn't ask him right. So that's why I'm telling you if something is really important to the why, women do not know how to use their femininity these days. They, they, they try to act like men with their husband. If you act like a man with your husband, like I just said, if you try to tell him something, you try to whine a bitch about it, you, you get angry or you get sarcastic and stuff like that, he's just going to act like you're a man and he's going to treat you like a man, which is what? I'm going to defend myself against an attacker. That's how men are. And women are these days too. Used to be a woman would just sit there and listen. And, and and a good woman. And when her husband was done, she would try her best to, to talk softly and lovingly to him and to get him to do her will. And most dudes will do that. 
if you're soft and sweet and you and you talk to them in a certain way with a certain kind of voice and you ask them, you know, lovingly, they will do it. But most women, almost all women these days, what they do is I'm asking you to turn off the fan. Is that loving? Does that sound loving? If I said that to you, as if I was your husband, I said that to you, would that be loving? Or would it be more like this? Oh, sweetheart, you know, I'm cold. <laughs> would you would you please would you do me a favor and would you please turn off the fan before you leave every morning? Well, honestly, honestly, I think the first twenty times I said it that way. But then the twenty first time I was like, Can you just turn the fan off? Exactly. You're not here. Yep. So I'm tell I'm I'm trying to help you right so now takes, how to do it. <laughs> so it takes twenty loving. Oh, Sometimes loving the man it does because to him it's not that. Because look, you got to think of how the man thinking. Right to him, it's not that important. Exactly. I know. So you got to make it like it is important. Which is what you sit him down, or at dinner you say, "Sweetheart, I just want to ask you something." You know, the fan thing is really starting to really annoy me and you, but you have to be loving with it and, 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 and caring because if you come with a hard voice, dudes ain't going to respond to that. They really ain't because they didn't marry a man. They married a woman. You can listen. Wives cannot confront dudes like a man and men cannot confront women like, uh, uh, like a woman. It has to be different. But man, I teach men what I tell them to do is I tell them to the way you talk to your wife is not the way you talk to people out in the street or buddies at work and all that stuff. You have to talk uh-huh. to your wife in a high pitched voice, kinda. And the reason why is because women, I know this kind of goes with, goes with what I just said, but men and women are very different. Women respond to emotion and um body language and tone of voice. Really, really uh-huh. different. Not different. It's the same as men, but it hurts women. It doesn't hurt men. It hurts women. Uh-huh. It hurts women to the fact that they will start thinking that the husband doesn't love them anymore if he doesn't talk to them right. So I teach them to talk to their wife like this. Sweetheart, I really want to turn the fan off for you, and I'm sorry that I didn't. Boom. Not this. I'm not turning the fan off. I don't care what you said and blah, blah, blah. See the difference in that? It's, uh-huh. One is loving and one is 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 directive. It might be loving in uh-huh. a way, but you can't, a man uh-huh. can't talk to his wife like that. So that's why I'm trying to help you. That women, for a man, it's different. What you must do uh-huh. is you must sit him down and you must say, this is important to me. And then ask him what you want him to do. And then that's called direct ask. And most guys will do that. Okay. All right. Anything else? I will do that. <laughs> no, nope, that's it. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. All right, y'all. I know y'all going, oh, Jerry. But, dude, I'm telling you, you, you got to know communication is very important. Because communication helps people know that you care about them, especially spouses. You cannot talk to your spouse like you do somebody else on the street. You just can't. Women, you cannot approach your your spouse like a dude because you are going to, you are, I promise you, I don't care if your man is weak or not. 
you are going to ignite the that combat warrior spirit in him, which is what? He's going to defend himself, and you're going to get mad, and you ain't going to like it, okay? Because you're going to like the way he talks to you. You're going to like the way he, he comes back at you, and you're going to be mad, you know? And so this is why I'm telling you, please, your husband will tell you the same thing. Men did not marry a man. Men want to marry a feminine, loving, sweet, devoted wife. We married we married her because she's a woman, not because she's a man trying to be a woman. Yeah, a man, a woman trying to be a man. <laughs> I probably didn't say that right, but you know what I mean. All right. So, all right. So I hope y'all got, got that. Y'all got that. And what I will do is we are going to do, take a really quick, quick break. And then we're going to get back into today's content. Bam. Okay. Okay. So let's run through the rest of the segment for the radical rant for today. And what we're going to do is I'm going to, this is not that long. I'm going to try to make it that long. Um, Cause we got a few minutes, we got time, but I just want to, to, to I want you guys to really understand about contraception and how important it is. Um, most people think that contraception is no big deal until their wife asks for a divorce. And that's a big part of it. I hate to say it. It really is. Um, but what I will do is do my best to explain it so that we all can understand it. And if you don't understand it or don't get it, you can always call. Uh, you can uh, send a comment or you can always contact me at uh, radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. So let's get started. So, as I promised, how to save your marriage when your wife has given up? Holy lover gift number three. A holy lover rejects contraception, a.k.a. birth control in any form. That's what it says. A holy lover rejects contraception, a.k.a. birth control in every form. Now, look, if you're a woman listening, you're going to get mad. You just are because you think it's your right to go and take a pill and not have babies. I don't really care. Take it up with God. But I'm going to explain why. Dudes don't like what I'm getting ready to say because they like using women up. They do. Men like having sex whenever they want, to whoever they want, when they want. Now, even you Catholics out there, you Christians out there, you, you can try to act like what I'm saying is wrong, but it's the truth. If you don't think like that now, you used to. You used to. Most of us have. Because that's how we were brought up. You know? If I love you, I should be able to have sex with you, no matter if we're married or not. That's the thinking. That's been the thinking for at least 70, 60, 70, 80, 100 years. And it's always been the case in most, you know, with some people. That's how people are brought up, man. So but what you got to do is you got to, as a man, you got to man up and really try to hear what I'm trying to say because I only have your best interest at heart. And I'm really trying to get you to understand why God would not want us to take contraception or take birth control, whichever one you want to call it. And the reason, and it's, 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 it's hard to get it, but, but we say we love God. So if we love God, we have to abide by what he's asking us to do. There's no substitute. Okay. Understand 
Understanding birth control and its evil in your marriage is vital to your role as a husband and the fulfillment of your wife. Why? Because birth control will end your marriage. It will. Women, it's been proven that women who take birth control, IUDs, pills, uh, whatever, they pick, I think it's mainly in the pill thing, um, they, they pick the wrong man. They don't pick the right man. They're not in their right mind. When they pick the man, they keep picking the same old dude. And then that is what happens. And then they go off birth control because they want to have kids. And they realize, oh, man, who's this guy I married? You think it's funny? Well, it is kind of funny. But <laughs> but if you got to understand, chemicals alter brain stuff. If you take any kind of chemical, it's gonna alter, it can alter your brain stuff, your, how you think and stuff. Okay? So... So another thing, too, is birth control will end your marriage because your wife will begin to feel used only for her body and flesh and not her soul, heart, and mind as God intended. Her instincts will eventually kick in, and she will realize all the time she has wasted in selfishness and, more important, her lack of mission in having children. This is the natural law of all women, no matter if they are a feminazi or a regularly ordered woman. I wish, um, I know I'll get pushed back on this, but don't kill the messenger. Like I said, take it up with God. Man, I'm t- women, you listen, love must have something on the line. Try to think of it like that. Love must have something on the line. If not, women, what will happen is women, um, what will happen is women will start to instinctually start to think that that they're being used like a fork, a knife, a spoon, and they'll start to reject their husband and not want to make love with him. Because women know that what they have is a gift. They know instinctually that if he doesn't love me, then I'm then something then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so what happens is a woman will eventually kick in, especially if they don't have no kids or they got one kid and they've been taking birth control for five, 10, 15, 20 years. And then they want to have also they want to have three or four kids and find out they can't because they put their careers above God and they're and having children. And now their life is empty because guess what? Careers don't work like that. There was a, I forgot what she was a CEO of. There was this feminazi. She was like her whole life. She was wanted to be a, this corporate CEO. And so when she got up, when she went to college for that, to, you know, she went through and then she went and she got into the corporate world and she thought, you know, at every stage she kept thinking, you know, if I could just be the CEO, if I could just be the president, my life would be great. So, of course, eventually she gets to her wish because, you know, the devil going to give you what you want. That's just how it is. But guess what? When you get there, it ain't what you think it's going to be. And that's what happened to her. She gets up there and realizes, oh, my God, this is empty. There's no, I mean, I, there's no satisfaction here. It's just the same as it was yesterday. And you go home and you buy yourself. You have no children. Or if you do, you have a husband there and you ain't got no kids and your husband, because men want kids too. Men need to be satisfied with kids too. And so if you got a, a couple, they don't have any kids. It kills me when I hear a couple says, oh, well, well, we don't want to have kids right now. What? 
What are you married for? What are you married for? Love is meant to be shared because what will eventually happen with that husband and that wife? They're going to get dead with each other. They're going to get dead with each other. They're going to get bored with each other. Why? Because love is meant to be shared. One in uh, Ephesians 5 through 21, uh, uh, St. Paul says that you as man and wife are to leave their mothers and fathers and become one flesh, which means what? You need to go out there and have some kids, man. Because love must be shared. The husband and wife love each other so much that nine months later, the culmination of their love is a beautiful soul to send back to God. And that's how it works. Now, you can be mad and disagree with it all you want. But look how many, that's why women are miserable. That's why women are miserable. They they bought, they drinking the Kool-Aid. And all men know it. Dude, all men know it. They ain't going to say nothing. I don't care. But they ain't. But men ain't gonna say nothing. Most men ain't gonna say nothing because they don't want. They don't want to get the wrath. They don't want to get the wrath. But it's the truth. But see, women, the joke is not on the man. The joke's on you. The joke's on you. You're the one that when you get to be fifty years old, gonna wish you had four or five kids and stuff. Especially when you get put in that nursing home and ain't no kids around and nobody visiting you and you by yourself and you ain't got nobody to come visit you because you you ain't got no kids. I see it all the time. Men the same way. Men running around, sleep with women their whole life. They divorce everybody. They don't. They don't stay together with nobody. They don't make a stand with nobody. You know, they they alienate all their kids because they got all these different mamas and stuff. And then guess what happens? They get fifty years old, sixty years old, or seventy years old, eighty years old. Got to go into a nursing home, and nobody comes to see them. Nobody cares about them. And so they die a lonely death. They're lonely. But see, nobody wants to think in the future. I'm not playing that game. Jerry's not playing that game. I'm not. I'm not playing that game, man. I'm I'm trying to cultivate a relationship with my wife so that me and her are around together. I'm trying to cultivate a relationship with my kids and so that they're around us, so that we are used to each other, that we love and care about each other. That's how you do it, man. It's, it's, it's hard. But it's the payoff is 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 really good. It's really good. So Matthew goes, contraception is is, is intrinsically evil and always gravely immoral. In, intrinsically evil means contraception cannot be used for any intention or any circumstance. Or any circumstance. Way to go, Matt. That's what I'm talking about. That's a warrior right there. That's a warrior right there. So he understands the deal. But he's like me, probably. He didn't understand 30 years ago, but he understands now, and that's all that matters. <laughs> so, listen, your wife. Getting back to your wife being you, feeling used. This is why women, this is why God and a lot of men and parents, even, even bad parents, don't want their daughters living with a dude. Because most mothers know, eventually, if that dude is not asking her to marry him within a year or two, most mothers know that she ain't going to never get get away from him. And he's just going to use her up. Most fathers know it too. But what do mothers and fathers do? If you say something and you get mad and, and you try to talk to him and help him, they, you know, the kid gets mad at you and then they don't bring the boyfriend around or they don't want to come see you because they silly. Because they silly. You know, uh, people get mad at, at their parents for no reason these days. You know, or or not just parents. They'll get mad. If you disagree with anybody in today's society, you know what they're going to do? You know what they're going to do? They're going to stop talking to you. 
They're going to stop talking to you. And that is some high schoolish stuff. That is some high schoolish weak act stuff. It is. It is, man. So eventually your wife's instincts will kick in and she will realize all the time she has wasted in selfishness and more important, her lack of mission in having children. This is the natural law in women, no matter if they are feminazi or regularly ordered woman. Um, I know I'll get, like I said, I know I'll get pushed back on this, but you got to understand what God's trying to say. We're going to go into it now. So my question is, why would God say in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply? How much more direct can he be? How much more direct? You know, see, this brings me again to the incomplete selfishness and brokenness of the human person. We only want to do what we want to do without consideration for our fellow man. And not understanding how birth control harms marriage, the family, and society is selfish and irresponsible at the least. Matter of fact, I had a woman, and they were friends of ours a, a, a lot of years ago. Uh, I think she's passed away. She's dead now. But, you know, we had a dinner. Me and my wife had dinner at my party. We was having this little marriage group. And at the time, I wasn't that versed in the faith. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of new. And I just was, you know, I was trying to learn all I could. So me and my wife were having this little marriage series at the house and, and, and friends and stuff would come over. So once, so this lady, she goes, well, you know, be fruitful and multiply. That was just because uh, there were no kids around in, in the in the garden of, garden of Eden and God wanted them to uh, to just do that for then, to populate the earth then. But that don't, that don't hold true now. See that crazy stuff? See that crazy stuff, man? Where you get that from? Who told you that? That's the first thing you ask a crazy person, too. The first thing you do when they say something silly like that about the faith, you go, hey, where'd you get that from? Oh, 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 well, all you hear is crickets then. Oh, 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 well, well, oh, oh, well, well, I read this article, you know. No, no, somebody told you, you ain't read no article, somebody told you, and you believed it, Okay. Be fruitful and multiply means simple. It means you have the amount of kids that God wants you to have. And you don't block that in any way, in any form, because you are killing the souls that God sends us. We're killing the souls God sends us when we put on rubbers and stuff. Or we spill our seed on the ground. Masturbating and stuff. You got to understand God wants, uh, God created us so that we, all of us, as many as he could, could be in heaven with him in eternity. And so we interfere with that. He gets pissed off. I'm sorry. It does, he does. He gets pissed off because, because why? Because his ultimate goal for even having us creatures here was so that we all, as many souls, could come back and be in the beatific vision with him so that we could be joyful and, and be happy just as he is within himself. This is why when we don't, when pastors do not preach the proper way of the faith, people get confused. They really don't know. A lot of people that take birth control, they think it's okay. And even they fault. Although it's in the natural law not to do it. Everybody knows this teacher, I shouldn't do it. But we never really think about it because right now everybody does it for the most part. Okay? So, so now, again, you got to remember too, man, when, when that lady said that about be fruitful and multiplying stuff and how that's the Old Testament, not the new, and it's not up today in today's world, you know, at first I was like, man, that's, that does sound logical. It really does. 
It does sound logical if you think about it. Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have babies. I want to have sex, but I don't want to have no babies. They're going to they gonna, they, they gonna hold me down. I can't go to my career. I can't go to work. I can't have all my money to myself. They're going to take up all my money. You know, and that kids, they're going to say, well, I think they, well, kids are nice and everything. They cool, but that's later on when I'm, when I'm old and stuff. <laughs> but uh, evil always sounds logic, logical when it's presented to you. It always does. Just like Eve in the Garden of Eden, when, when the serpent said, when the devil said, hey, eat that apple. See, God's tripping. She said, that's what he said to her. He said, he said, Eve, God's tripping. God just don't want you to know the know God just don't want you to know the real deal. So because he don't want you to know what he knows. He don't want you to be like him. That's why he don't want you eating in that tree and stuff. But see, you can't you can't believe God because he don't he don't love you like I love you. See, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to I'm just trying to help you, right? See, that's how it works, man. That's how evil works. They always talk to you like that. Always talk to you like that. Evil always sounds logical. It always sounds logical in a minute. And then when the logic don't work, then he puts the then he puts the uh then he puts the emotion on you. And then Eve probably was like, Serpent, why did you tell me to eat that apple? Now God's all mad. See, I told you, but you know, God gonna be mad at you now. See, you you went against God. What kind of what kind of what kind of daughter are you? You ain't right. If I was you, I'd have done it. But see, you seem like you want to eat that apple, so I didn't want to really, I want to help you. See? <laughs> see, that's what the devil do, man. You know, you, you do what he says because you think it's going to be cool, and then as soon as you do, he turn on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that woman that was the CEO. She got to be the CEO, and then all of a sudden, her life's more interesting than it was. That's what the devil does, man. That's what he does. This is why you must be formed, formed in the faith. So, so, but that, that's, it, it always, you know, uh, it always sounds logical, but that's Satan's way of misdirecting your attention away from God and focusing on him. Also, with the added degree of selfishness and the need to do what we want instead of what God wants, makes it really easy to participate in what evil is tempting us to do. I must ask you the question of why would God prohibit birth control? Is he trying to be a tyrant, mean, or unmerciful? Or maybe he created us, and since he did, he understands what will make us truly happy. So here's what the men in the Catholic Church did. So they began to try and chip away at what God was asking and developing committees to try to subvert the teaching of the church, Christ Church, to suit our selfishness and our brokenness, such as what? The Pontifical Commission on Birth Control of 1963, started by Pope John XXIII, in which 80% of the commission voted to change the church's teaching on birth control, which means another thing, too. You you just can't that people another mistake about about pontificates and all that kind of stuff. You just can't. That does not mean changing the church and the teaching of the church. Right. You can't you can't say this is why the Catholic Church will never change because God doesn't change. People can sit and say and have all the committees and all the acyclates uh, 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 and pontificals all they want, encyclicals and pontificals all they want, but that ain't changing nothing like this sentence, the stuff on the Senate stuff. They can have all the stuff they want, give their opinions, be have fun and have a great time and 
talk about what they would like to do. But if the Pope ain't getting up and saying, I decree by the infallibility of the office of the Pope that, that birth control and contraception is now legal, then ain't nothing, ain't nothing being said. Ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing happening. And guess what? Ain't no Pope going to get up there and do that because I believe it's a dogma. It doesn't matter. Discipline, doctrine doesn't matter. If he don't get up there and do it like that, then it ain't nothing happening. Guess what, though? Ain't no Pope going to do that because he ain't stupid. The Holy Spirit going to get in his boo-boo. Okay? So this is how you got to understand it, man. Okay? So next. And since the church didn't really speak out or fight this, it was it was seen as a way to go. And when the church doesn't speak out, the society takes over, which led to the 1965 Supreme Court decision, Griswold versus Connecticut, which gave married couples the right to use birth control, ruling that it was protected in the Constitution as a right to privacy. Look, that's what. The, so basically, when the the as the as as the church, we didn't fight it. So the court said, the people said, okay, well, we're just going to make up our own mind. And so what they do, they went and had a court, the Supreme Court decision. So guess what? Men and women, they could have birth control in marriage now, according to the law. Used to be against the law. Why? Because the Catholic Church said, morally, we ain't doing that. That's immoral. That's illicit. That's a moral sin. But then people stopped preaching on it in the 60s and 70s and stuff. And then what happened is everybody got stu stupid because what? Sin makes you stupid. So what do you do? You listen, to, you listen to Satan. Satan becomes really audible then when we don't have the Holy Spirit around. Okay? You've got to understand this. And so then, of course, the devil don't stop there. So what does the devil do? Now a woman, she can she don't have to even tell her husband she's taking birth control. He's like, why are we having no babies? <laughs> we, we have sex. We ain't having no babies. And she ain't, by law, she ain't even got to tell him she's on birth control and stuff. So you married supposed to be one flash, but you can't have no babies because your wife's taking birth control. You don't even know it. That's messed up. It's messed up. So then, so then, so then later on, after the Supreme Court decision, um, the church chimed in with Pope Paul VI creating his encyclical on rejecting contraception in 1968 called Humanae Vitae in Latin, which means Latin, remember everybody, is the, is the official language of the church. It's a sacred language, just so everybody knows. Um, uh, 1968 called Humanae Vitae, uh, which is Latin for of human life, which came out way too late as the court decision had already taken place. So now that we understand a little about the things that led to the acceptance of birth control, let's examine the reason behind God's rejection of it and the results of contraception on the family and society. Look, fellas, I'm not trying to get in your grip. I just want you to understand why God is doing what he's doing. He's doing it because he knows that we will feel empty without children. We won't feel as true man. We won't, you know, we're married and, 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 and we're not fulfilling what the plan that he has for us. Okay, so that being said, um, that being said, so again, why would God ban birth control? First, it goes against the directive in Genesis to be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because God created us for what? To love him and serve him and spend eternity with him. Why? Because he's a loving, merciful, and just God. He was happy within himself, him, Christ, the Holy Spirit. He didn't need us. But we so arrogant, we think, oh, I could do whatever I want without, without nothing to anybody. Yeah, you can, but what are the consequences, man? What are the consequences? Do we really want to be in a nursing home by ourselves with nobody visiting us, die a lonely death, taking medication and stuff? No, we don't. Of course we don't. 
But you, we've got to work hard to prevent that, okay? And that means we need to understand what our Lord Jesus Christ is trying to tell us. Now, now, so next. See, this is God's way of sharing his divine existence with us. He didn't have to create us. He didn't need us. You got to remember, birth can, I mean, um, procreation is a God-like act. It is a God-like act to be able to procreate yourself, to duplicate yourself, to create yourself. That is a God-like act that God has given us as human persons. Why? Again, so that we can have as many people, as many souls in heaven with him. Oh, my God, please try to understand that. Please understand that. That is the ultimate plan of God. It's simple. It really is. It's not this big grand plan. The plan is this. I want as many souls with me as I can. Now, what I got to do is alter things to get that to happen. But oh, but during that time, hey, man, you can do whatever you want, little creatures. I'm not going to force you to do nothing. But you can do whatever you want. Okay? But there are going to be consequences to whatever you do. And that's the problem with us. We don't really see that. We don't really see that. Okay? And, and, and. So the purpose of marriage is real quick. I'm not gonna go deep into that today, but because we're gonna because we're gonna go over that in a later in a later holy lover gift. But the the the, the purpose of marriage is real quick is the is procreation. Number one, in order. Now this is in order. Number two, number one, procreation. Number two, the education and formation of children in the faith in God in Jesus Christ in the saints, the blessed mother, the uh you know all of the angels, the demons, all of that in the faith. It's not time to be a brain surgeon, how to be a real estate agent, you know, education of how to be a lawyer. He's talking about that. It's, and faith in God. Okay. Number three, number three is pro, uh, is the, the union of the spouses. Okay. The union of the spouses. That's what that's what uh, marriage is for. Okay. And that and so consequently, that is what sex is for. That's why these women that go around and they're talking about, well, I can't have kids no more, so I don't have to make love to my husband. That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. You are put, putting in society things that should not be in society when you do that. Our job as men and women, as married people, is to present the best marriage in society we can. And how can you do that if you're not intimate with your husband? You can't. You can't. Because he gets all resentful. And when a man gets resentful, it's just as bad as when a woman gets resentful. Okay, next. Uh, um, so God didn't create us. He, he, he didn't need us, but he wants us to partake in his joy. So this is why he bans contraception, because birth control aborts the souls God sends to the married couple before those souls even have a chance to be born, which does what? Stop saints and souls from being created to send back to him, to spend eternity with him in the beatific vision, which is heaven. Just as he sent Christ to come down to forgive and die for our sins. Why? Because we can't forgive our own sins because sin is infinite and must be forgiven and demolished by an infinite being, which is God himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. God is merciful, kind, and just. He wants as many souls with him in heaven as possible. And when we use birth control, we prevent the complete love, joy, happiness, and holiness that God wants for us. Oh, man, please hear that. Please hear that. Moreover, contraception kills souls. You didn't think about that, did you? We don't think about that when we got a rubber on. 
and we're putting all our semen into a rubber bag. How many souls are contained in that semen? Huh? We don't think about it. We, 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 when, a, when a woman, she don't think about it when she's taking a pill and her husband, they're making love and juices are flying everywhere and the egg ain't, ain't nothing happening. You know, we don't think about that we're actually aborting and killing souls that God sends to us. If you think about it like that, most people ain't going to take birth control. They ain't. Or they're going to abstain. But see, selfishness, pride, it's, it's, it's the murder of marriage every single time. Okay? So, just as abortion of that soul once implanted in the mother is murder, contraception is murder as well. What? So what are the results of contraception on our society? First, women are looked upon as objects and eating utensils. They are objectified, which means they look like they're, we just use them as an object. Women, they really don't understand how men look at them. They really don't. They wear tight clothes everywhere. Their boobs are all, we got, they got these tight sweaters on and tight shirts on, tight pants on, tight skirts on, align their body. And then, and then you're talking to a woman, dudes, men, you're talking to a woman and you look, you look at her in her face and all of a sudden her cleavage is showing and your ass look down at her, look down at her boobs and you go, okay. And you look back and then she gets mad because you're looking too long. What? How you going to get mad at me? You look, you don't want to dress like that. <laughs> And, you know, women don't really realize how they cause men to sin, how they cause men to go into uh, how, how, to, how it hurts men, how it really does. That's why women are supposed to wear veil, chapel veils in mass because dudes can't stop looking at them. So if women are in the mass and I, see, that's why Jerry sits in the front, though. <laughs> that's why I said the front. I don't play that game. But just think, if, if you're even sitting, you're sitting five or ten rows back, or or twenty or thirty rows back, and all these women are in front of you with their hair showing, their figures showing, their butts showing, what are you doing the whole mass? Trying your best, trying your hardest not to look at the, all these women, be distracted. God knows what He's doing, gentlemen. God knows what He's doing. That's why women are supposed to wear chapel veils. To stop men from looking at them and being distracted from Christ, who is the mass, who is the who's supposed to be, who's supposed to be the object of the mass. But women and then women come to church. And, and I know women don't really they don't really mean to do it because nobody told them, listen, don't wear a tight skirt to church. You go up to the communion rail and, and that's that's the only thing about sitting in front It's like. Yeah, I avoid the whole mass not looking at women. Then the communion comes. I'm right in the front, and the communion rails right in front of me. <laughs> so now, you know what I got to do? I got to put my head down and have custody of my eyes for like 15, 20 minutes because, you know, our mass is the Latin mass. A lot of people are there. So I got to put my – so what I just decided – what I've been doing for years is I put my head down, and I just – I pray a rosary or I pray Divine Mercy Chaplet. Or I read, you know, I read script, I do something. And at first my wife and my wife still looks at me, she be laughing at me too. <laughs> she be laughing at me. Cause she like, she's be wondering like why? Cause she's looking around. After she does her little thanks for mass thing, she's looking around like everybody else does. I don't. I don't. Cause I don't want to be looking at all the other women and stuff. Cause I can't listen, I'm just telling you, 
I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not special like that. I, I'm a man, and I can't control myself like that. So I just avert my eyes. There's a priest. I think it was. Uh, I, I don't know if it was Padre Pio or Saint or somebody or on the or I can't remember who he was. But he said he would. He said he never. He didn't even. He didn't even recognize his uh his his lady patrons uh, parishioners in their face because he never looked at their face. He never looked at their body. He always looked down at the ground. So. That ain't just Jerry. That's a that's a holy person. Priest talking like that. <laughs> oh boy, this 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 Catholic thing, this Christian thing is hard, fellas. I know. So, um, so again, women no longer nurture, educate, or create the amount of children God has in store for them. Selfishness rules marriage and the family and society, which has spawned unimaginable divorce rates worldwide. No fault divorce, same sex marriage. Because if people don't understand marriage and what it's meant for, they make up their own definitions. Next, pornography, masturbation, rape, sex abuse of children, the gay lifestyle, all stem from contraception. Why? Because when people don't understand the complete reasoning behind a law or rule, they make up their own. Many Christian sects have stopped teaching and explaining the true word of God, so people have just stopped listening. When a married couple practices birth control, it destroys the complete self-giving and the one flesh concept. All right. When you practice, you, you, you and your wife cannot ever love each other as much as you think you, as you should, if you're on birth control, you can't, it's impossible because one, I as a man am using her just for her body Two, my wife would feel used as a, used as a, as a machine. And so you can't have love like that. You can't have true love like that, right? That's why it's important we bring God, us, and our spouse together. Um, again, this, ki this kills the souls God sends to the married couple for one flesh, for happiness, uh, and for the souls they must make it to saints to send back to him. Women aren't stupid, and even though they choose to take birth control, their nature and their bodies understand that she is only being used for her sex organs and not for the divine God-like act of procreation. Without her God-given right to complete love and self-giving love from her husband, her soul will begin to reject him and eventually their marriage. Did you hear that? When your wife is on contraception, she will eventually get start to reject you and your marriage. She will. She will because Satan, she's been influenced. She's been uh, 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 oppressed by, a, by the demonic. Okay. He's in her ear. All right. Next. So what about having sex outside of marriage plus birth control, plus using birth control? This practice is doubly bad and is why many single people having sex end up in misery and a broken soul full of walls and defense mechanisms. Look, when we are going to, to learn, when are we going to learn that selfishness is not the way? It only brings unhappiness, death, and chaos. As men, husbands, and fathers, we must understand the true reason our Lord came as man to die for us. Can we say death, judgment, heaven, and hell? What do you think? Send your questions to or comments to radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. Radical questions at catholicalpha.com. Bam. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and catholicalpha.com. Woo!
Woohoo! All right, y'all. Today, today we are done. Today we are done. I had a call today. It's a good call too. You know, we all talked a little bit about about being a holy lover and understanding how contraception can ruin our love for our children and for our wife and for God. And all I'm asking you to do is, I'm not saying take my word for it. I'm asking you for to go out, go to Catholic.com, and they'll teach you everything you know about uh, contraception and all, and how it ruins the light, how it ruins society. Okay. With that being said, we end today. We end today with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, as we always do, which states, quote, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.